G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. If you are discerning of the times that we live in, you might be excited about the prospects of people coming to faith in Christ in a substantial way. In fact, you might remember a conversation just last week. We were talking about revival in the North Queensland Cape York community of Aracoon. And along with the anticipation that what begins with a move of God in an indigenous community has the potential to overflow into mainstream Australian society. Well, you might have heard already about this concept of the God revolution. Well, it's become the focus of the Australia for Jesus network and concerns that have been about Australia suffering a shift towards secular humanism bringing the advance of lawlessness, the corruption of family life, the distortion of morality into an anything-goes mentality. Well, how do you address all of these sorts of issues? What happens when there is a move of God? What happens when there is a God revolution? Well, Tony McLennan is back with us today. He is behind the initiative called The God Revolution. He's the founder of the Australia for Jesus Network with a vision to raise up 10,000 soul winners over the next decade. And so inviting you to join in our conversation today as we get things underway, our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. I want to make a special welcome to you, Tony McLennan. Well, thank you very much, Neil. It's great to be on the program. Tony, always enjoy our conversations. When I say let's talk about the good, the bad and the ugly, let's have an agreement at the beginning of our conversation. Uh, We won't just keep things positive like sometimes uh, those sorts of Christian conversations go, but let's not be afraid to hear listeners and their thoughts and even unpack some of those issues that sometimes we grapple with as Christians and we don't know where we're going. In fact, Tony, let me just start the conversation by suggesting that if we talk about a God revolution or Christian revival, isn't this just something that God does of his initiative? Uh, What about the human aspect of that? I mean, ought we just be waiting or should we be doing something active in the meantime? What are your thoughts on the the role of God and the role of, of, uh, of his followers? Well, revival, Neil, is always initiated by God. In in my own case, uh, he gave me a dream a couple of years ago about the God revolution, and I've stated that on air before. I had this dream, and in the dream I saw a book coming down from above and had the word God written on it, and the the letters REV was too too bright, too brilliantly white to read, and out of it the book spoke, uh, a voice spoke through the book, they, meaning the world, have had their sexual revolution. They've had their socialist revolution They've had their secular humanist revolution. Now is the time for the God revolution. And I immediately started the process of of writing a book on that subject because that's what God was telling me to do. And in talking with Vision Christian Radio, uh, Phil Edwards, your CEO, and others uh, in the team saw great merit in that. And this is just one of the catalysts that God will use among the many that he will use to get people across Australia who are Christians who've had an encounter with God to speak up about Jesus. 
And my survey of churches over five years with Bible League Australia and New Zealand when I was CEO there revealed that this area, soul winning and being a witness for Christ, was somewhat lacking. And there are many reasons for this, but, but let's concentrate on how we can lift up the name of Jesus throughout the nation. That's the key. Okay, we talk about soul winning, and I know that for some listeners who are listening to a conversation about soul winning, uh, they're just about to say, oh, I might switch off even. Now, I don't want listeners to switch off, uh, except to say that sometimes it's confronting to talk about soul winning because mm-hmm. people instantly realized that, uh, people instantly realize that somehow or other they don't have that gift. And so uh, when we talk about soul winning, maybe we're talking just about a marginalized section of Christian believers. What's it supposed to look like, Tony? Uh, are we supposed to be fearful of soul winning? Well, Does some the devil have... is very clever. Neil, he will put all sorts of arguments to get us off our game uh, by suggesting that this is not our gift or that's not our gift or so forth. But let's just go back to the words of Jesus. Uh, he himself, when he came on the scene, Mark chapter 1, verse 15 says, Now is the time. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And Jesus' last words in Matthew, in Mark, rather, 16:15, exactly 16 chapters later, was, uh, "Go ye therefore and preach the good news, the gospel, to everyone." And he didn't distinct, he didn't distinguish between soul winners or this or that or so forth. He just spoke to all of his disciples. That included others than the, than the twelve, of course. So, so the, the devil would very like to suggest, oh, no, you, you, you're not an evangelist, or you're not this, or you're not that. But there are three elements that there are people who will be a personal witness or just mention the name of Jesus in the hearing of someone else, or a soul winner who will actually present the gospel, or there will be the evangelist that trains people and, and lives out that continually. But all of us can be involved, and it usually starts off by praying for the lost. That's an interesting connection, praying for the lost, and that equals an eventual move towards soul winning, because there might be some who can reflect uh, that maybe their church prayer meeting's not so well attended, and it may be just the catalyst to get the soul winning happen if the prayer meeting actually takes a little bit of a a rise up. Uh, What are your thoughts on, on this connection between prayer and soul winning? Well, you know, prayer can be like a car with the engine running, but not engaged with the, the wheel and the transmission. So people can be running the engine, they can even rev the engine and say, gee, we had a great prayer meeting. But unless they put legs on their prayers, then a door of utterance cannot be open to them. So people have got to act on their prayers. Uh, it's something that Reinhard Bonnke, a great evangelist, said, you know, some people can pray 24-7. And, uh, and not see a thing happen because they actually haven't gone and spoken to someone. And that's why God's given us a mouth. It's, it's interesting how uh, Peter, in Acts chapter 15, says, God, by my mouth, declared the gospel unto the Gentiles. Right? By my mouth. So there is a, a place for our mouth to come into the picture. And you know, you know how you've heard the expression, Neil, uh, everything was going great until you opened your big mouth. Have you ever heard that expression? <laughs> That's right. Putting well, your foot in your mouth well, and all sorts of everything things. Will, everything will go great for people if we open our mouth and talk about Jesus. That's the that's the, the super thing for people to do, and that's the thing that's going to impact people. But let's get real here, Tony. Some people are fearful of opening their mouth and talking about Jesus because uh, they are sometimes fearful that someone might uh, criticise them, call them names, try to shut them down. Uh, of course, uh, that is going to be the case with a small number of people, and that is a risk that you take, isn't it? Yeah, well, the the fact is that if people are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
then they'll be full of boldness to to speak about Jesus. But even if they've only got a little bit of the Holy Spirit in them, you know, they're not full of power and they're not ready to go out there and punch the air for Christ, but they're, they're walking humbly with God and they're gentle people. Just mentioning the name of Jesus in a loving way can really start the ball rolling. But there are often three pe- reasons that people fail, by the way, in this area, uh, Neil, and that is that um, some people don't know what the job is. And they, they think the job is someone else's job or the job is not properly defined for them. Another, another reason people fail is they don't know how to do the job. And a lot of fear comes out of actually not knowing how to do something. Now, look how tentative a person is when they start driving a car. Now, after you're really practiced in it, you drive that car without even thinking. Uh, unfortunately, some people still seem to be not thinking when they're driving cars. Isn't that right, Neil? <laughs> and uh, and then the third element is that um, of of success, you know, knowing what the job is, knowing how to do the job, then combating the, the some ones or some things that interfere with our desire and ability to do the job. And that's where our can-do and will-do qualities start to kick in. And in the parable of a sower, Jesus only commends the people who sow, you know, reap a crop sow the seed and reap a crop. He doesn't, doesn't commend those that have got their lives wrapped up in the thorns or who are so shallow that when persecution or trouble comes that they fall away. He commends people who are producing a crop. And if people want to produce a crop, they need to know what the job is. The job is preach the gospel to every creature. How to do the job? Well, there's instruction and there's inspiration. And I've just come back from Perth where we've seen a lot of that happening. And it's just amazing. I was at uh, a particularly large church in Perth, uh, run by uh, Reverend Dr. Margaret Court, and uh, I, I was just full-on praying for people who wanted an impartation of the Holy Spirit to be soul winners. Uh, I think I would have prayed for about 400 people before I actually left the church that morning. Uh, just amazing how many people want to do this. So people want to be overcomers. They want to go beyond the fear of failure in this area. They need to know what the job is. They need to know how to do it, and they need to know how to overcome the uh, some ones or some things that interfere. And we teach all that through the Australia for Jesus Network. Let's dwell on this prayer line for a few moments because uh, not every church is as big as uh, Margaret Court's church. And uh, in Margaret Court's church, uh, I think it holds a couple of thousand people and, and they're packing it out. And so when you say that you had opportunity to speak in her church, and then you had a prayer line at the end. I imagine you said, come forward for prayer if you'd like to receive something from God uh, to spark that whatever it is within to become a soul winner. And 400 people came forward. 400. That's right, in two services, to be fair. Okay. In two services. I'd complete one line of the whole auditorium praying for people. By the time I finished, I looked up and there a whole a whole new line had formed in both services. Uh, so we were just at it continually. And there's a message in this, I think. When you see that sort of response, uh, you're seeing people who are saying, well, I've been sitting on the fence, I've been sitting on my hands, and uh, it's time to move. So there's. uh, do you note this when you travel around various churches, that that actually when you start to talk about uh, these responsibilities, uh, this gift that Christian believers have to be able to share the, the gospel with others, that people are actually ready to respond? Oh, I'm just being staggered. Like, I was at a, a Church of Christ, which is you know, clearly not a Pentecostal church in this instance, a great church, uh, but small in the northern part of Perth on the Sunday morning. And it was interesting that there are the people who attended our mini-seminar on bringing others to Jesus afterwards, and there probably only about maybe seven or eight people attended that because it hadn't been notified. 
But the people who came to that were the people who had already been praying before the service regularly and were wanting to put legs on their prayers. And so there was already a momentum of the Holy Spirit stirring in their lives. And and the the thing that really empowers people, and we do say this in the God Revolution videos that have uh, been put out so kindly by Vision uh, Christian Media and are available online through godrevolution.com.au, uh, there's one there about you know the the anointing or power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's, there's equal treatment of the Father and the Son, but there's the power of the Holy Spirit, and that does explain people how, to people how that can be their experience. But but look at Peter, look at Paul, look at Philip in the Book of Acts, all led by the Holy Spirit, all anointed by the Holy Spirit, and repentance and faith lead to that consecration. You know I. There came a point in my own life, Neil, where I said to the Lord, all I am and all I have is yours. And God marks that very carefully. That's the point of consecration. And where that happens, then the Holy Spirit moves in and creates opportunities, creates victories, and you know it's God. Another thing, Neil, and that uh, is is, uh, a blinding flash of the obvious to a lot of people, is that the Holy Spirit always goes where the blood of Jesus has been applied. So if a person is repenting, that... They're calling on God only because repentance and forgiveness of sins is available through Jesus' name because he has shed his blood for us at Calvary. And the Holy Spirit always moves in where the blood of Jesus has gone. So when we apply the blood of Jesus for repentance to our own life, then the Holy Spirit moves in and a greater dimension of faith, a greater dimension of anointing starts to become evident in our lives. I often think of a context here, Tony, because, uh, you know, I'm often mindful of that uh, verse that says, uh, you know, that I think it's in Revelation, uh, are people who have an appearance of spirituality but denying the power. Uh, and where the power comes, of course, because you can be pray- prayerful about uh, miracles and healings and all sorts of things that you can see yeah. in church life and becomes a little bit like a sideshow. But the real game, the real context here is where the encounter with Christ comes is at the sharing of the gospel message with someone. And so, as you say, in that moment when you're doing what you're called to do, then you're open to a a magnificent opportunity for miracles to happen, for this time of repentance, for a salvation of a soul. Uh, This is a very important uh, dynamic that happens in that moment because actually uh, you can can be entertained by a lot of things, but this is the real McCoy, isn't it? Sharing your faith. You're referring to 2 Timothy 3, 5, I think, having a form of godliness (laughs) denying the power thereof from such turn away uh, that, that that's probably what you were referring to yeah, earlier yeah. Uh, and look uh, this this power which comes from God power alone comes from God uh, is only accessed as we as we repent of our it could be could be any number of things that God will bring out in our life uh, as we repent of what God shows us you know the psalm says in Psalm 139 uh, search me O God and try me and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, if we ask God to do that, he's going to show us, well, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. And it won't be a whole lot, because God treats us very gently, I've noticed, over the years. Um, So he might be just peeling one of the onion skins away for the time being, leading to a a more core commitment down the track. So people shouldn't be super frightened. You know, God is always tender the way he deals with us. But then as the Holy Spirit moves into our lives, opportunities come, breakthroughs occur. You know, my wife uh, is a very, very gentle person, but I've just noticed that since she's been filled mightily with the Holy Spirit, 
uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit actually filled my wife when she was driving to, to work in a car in the morning. How about that? Uh, she's become, in her own quiet way, much more forthright in sharing uh, and taking opportunities to share the love of Christ with others. And it's just exciting to see and very impactful, I might add. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you. Our special guest this hour is Tony McLennan. He's behind the initiative called The God Revolution, a heart-to-heart conversation this hour. You can be a part of it, 1-800-316-316. Tony, let's take a call from Robin in Mount Morgan in Queensland. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Yes, hello. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, really enjoying this conversation. Um, Tony and uh, Neil, both spot on. I... Uh, this is really on my heart. I'm reading, I'm studying this book, Rise of His Holy Ones by Michael Fickus at the moment. And he speaks exactly of this, that we, we are in the world. Um, Jesus prayed to the Father that, you know, even though we're in the world, we're not to be of the world. But I think Christians need to be, um, to go out more, but, but to be vitally connected with God um, more so than the church. A lot of them just cling to their own friends in the church and they dare not speak to anyone else almost. But when we're vitally connected with God, it's God that does the work through us. And it's amazing the opportunities we are given if we're flowing with God. Um, and so uh, I wanted to say, yeah, if we, if we are really, really connected with the Holy Spirit and we let him guide us, there are people out there that are so hungry and as this world becomes more and more demonized and there's so much more ha- going to happen, um, they're going to need a word in season. And it's, it's amazing the number of encounters I've had um, where I meet people and I know that it's a God set up. Because, and usually there are some <clears throat> coincidences with that person uh, from my, my own experiences. And uh, it's just so natural to be able to share about my faith with them without, you know, the shackles going up rather than... You know, when I hear Christians talking about um, witnessing to somebody or whatever, I just sort of cringe a little bit because, you know, if, if it's just religion, you know, it's not helping people and people, are, you know, will may, maybe turn away from it. But if you've got a word in season, uh, that's what they need. Robin, good thoughts there. Your response, Tony McLennan? Well, I understand where Robin has come from, and a word in season might be uh, very appropriate, but uh, Jesus didn't say go out and, and preach a word in season. He said go out and preach the good news. And where that's evidenced in the book of Acts is continuous. For example, when the Philippian jailer came racing to Paul, fell at his feet and said, what must I do to be saved? It says they spoke to him the word of the Lord, and he was saved, he and all his, straight away. Uh, and so I find that when I actually present the gospel to people, as God gives me opportunity, uh, like I was with a, tra- a lady in the plane coming over from Perth yesterday, and I preached the gospel to her so that she actually knew what the gospel was. She had all sorts of unformed views, and uh, that would have helped her a lot when I talked to her about the fact that she must be born again. I know that might bring a cringe factor to Robin from what she was saying, but the reality is don't worry about the cringe factor. Our job is to present the good news. So we have a simple threefold process that we're teaching people who are going to be soul winners. And after all, the Bible does talk about he or she that wins souls is wise. And that process we're talking about is pray for the lost, present the gospel, and parent spiritually those who are coming to faith. 
And uh, the, the, the many cases I present the gospel and the person doesn't come to faith there and then, but the Holy Spirit works on them. And very often I hear reports afterwards, and many people I know now have gone on to lead their whole family and many others to Christ since that time. So by now there are hundreds of people who come to Christ because someone actually presented the gospel to them, and that's what's so necessary. Christians tend to shy away from it, or they make glancing references to Christ, the gospel, and good words, or even pray for people's healing. But Jesus said, preach the gospel. And so we need to stick to that. That has to be part of our capacity and part of our package. Uh, the other things frame the gospel, but we need to actually put the gospel across to people. When we do that, we're doing them a great favor because we're showing them how they can be saved. And their salvation is the number one priority. Thank you so much to Robin from Mount Morgan, one 316 if you'd like to join in our conversation today. And just bringing a little bit of balance in here, uh, in case what you're talking about uh, sounds a little bit mechanical here, Tony, because I'll just remind listeners that it's not that long ago you and I were having a conversation about what we called spiritual parenting, and that was uh, for people who were within the life of the local church really doing that loving embrace and bringing people through, uh, introducing them to a discipleship track where they can get strong and mature in the Lord. And those sorts of friendships, that sense of belonging in the local church is very, very important. And there, that, that whole dimension is also a necessary part of, of being uh, the supporter to the soul winner. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm just mindful of a young man who stood on the platform at uh, Margaret Court's church on Sunday who had come to the Lord as a result, uh, in part, of sharing the way of life presentation of the gospel with him in Perth um, a couple of years beforehand. And he stood up there and was able to talk about how God visited him some months later at the middle of the night and told him to get up and pray. And he'd never done that before. And it was obviously God speaking to him and, and his wife woke up. And uh, she, who was a Christian, had been praying for him for many years she led him in the sinner's prayer. And uh, that young man has uh, broken out of some terrible besetting uh, things in his life. He's come out of darkness and now he's been baptized and his whole family is going through a transformation, you know, and it's just so exciting. And to have him stand up and, and speak to all those people uh, at Victory Life Center was just an amazing thing to see God's light and life at work in his life. We're not just out there to talk about Jesus. We're out there to bring people to Jesus so that they can be saved. And uh, we can't force the pace on that. God will catch up with them sooner or later. And that's been very much a pattern in what I've observed. So it's not us being the converters, but we do often see God convert people there and then on the spot. And then we've got to nurture that new life because they're our spiritual children. They're not someone else's. If we actually have led that person to Christ, we must see that they are looked after or look after them ourselves. Let's take another call. Trish is in South Australia. Hello, Trish. Welcome along. Thank you. I'd just like to tell you how the Lord gave me an eternal perspective in, in witnessing. Wonderful. Um, I was uh, nursing in Thailand, rural, rural Thailand, and we had a patient who was uh, dying. And uh, I, I, I was on call, so I was terribly tired because I'd been working all day but I, and work at night. So I went to bed, and the Lord very clearly said in my heart, you are very keen to get your little bit of temporary sleep. And uh, I, I said back to the Lord, but Lord, I'll frighten him if I talk about his need and death. And the Lord gave me this response. 
what is a little bit of temporary fear compared to an eternity fear? And that made me realize how important it is to see the eternal perspective. I went to the patient and gave him the gospel of Jesus dying for him. And he said, I worship. And then he was still alive in the morning and I went to him and said, how are you? And he said, I'm at peace. And he died a couple of hours later. Oh, glory but to God. that gave me a new uh, perspective. Yeah. That is a wonderful, wonderful story. And uh, this idea of being a little fearful in the moment, of yeah. recognizing that you need to have some level of sacrifice, staying up a little longer, uh, and then mm. confronting those fears and uh, and then delivering that message of the gospel. Your response for Trish, Tony? Oh, I just think it's a wonderful story. And um, it, it reminds me of one that I might say a little bit later in our program. But uh, it just shows this, the obedience of our dear sister there uh, and the fact that she was denying what self would say and she went out and she forthrightly, in a pleasant and gentle way, uh, shared Jesus with that man. And um, what a glorious outcome that was. God and, and, and a soul winner working side by side. God and a witness for Jesus working side by side. Wonderful story. Thank you so much to Trish from South Australia and our talkback line is open 1-800-316-316 We are talking about what it takes to bring a God revolution What's God's role that he's doing and in fact it's his mission We're just sort of holding his hand as he's fulfilling amazing things But what is the responsibility of Christian believers? Uh, Let me just, we've got a couple of minutes coming up to news Just quickly a thought or two Tony Uh, For some people who say uh, this message of the gospel uh, it's just fairly basic we can deliver that in uh, three or four points uh, and quite simple but for some who are going to say it's too complex or it's not complex enough for some people different people approach the gospel message in different ways the simplicity of the gospel really is what's profound about it isn't it absolutely and uh, that's why we put together the way of life presentation which people can access via the guiderevolution.com.au by signing up to Australia for Jesus, uh, we put that together so people have a, a reasonable presentation. And if I have a reasonable presentation, that becomes clear and it becomes transferable. And I go back to Acts chapter 16, verse 32, and they spake to him the word of the Lord. So whatever it was that Paul and Silas said to that Philippian jailer is what saved him. And similarly, you know, we can see in Peter's uh, speech on the day of Pentecost and at other times, so what I'm, trying, what I'm trying to say here is that we need to be able to present the gospel, uh, not make glancing references. At Other glancing references are okay, but they're, they're not really a presentation of what God is calling that person to do. And they may have a part to play along the way. They may be like a handrail, but they're not the, they're not the flight of stairs. The flight of stairs is the actual gospel itself, and that's why we've got the way of life there as a, as a training wheels type apparatus, if you like, so people can actually understand what we need to put across so that people can be saved. Uh, Tony McLennan is with us, and we're going to take some more calls. Uh, Tony, let's take a call from Calvin in Perth in WA. Hello, Calvin. Welcome along. Yeah, hi. How are you going? Good. Very, very well, Calvin. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? All right. Okay, let me... Okay, give, I'll give you a bit of an idea, okay? I'm an apostolic Christian, okay? Yep. Now, my pastor had a child. Now, the child was born with cancer. Okay, now the child, well, we, so we only go to a church which is about 40 or 50 people, yeah? Not many, yeah? Yeah. But the child was born with cancer. 
Okay, now that child had a 1% survival rate, but we fasted and we prayed for that child to survive. And God sent a doctor from America to see the child, and he said, this child's mine. And by miraculously, he healed that child. But what I'm about to tell you now is very, very interesting, and everybody needs to know about this, and I hope and pray that the pastor who said this is listening and feels sorry for what he actually actually did, okay? Because this turns people off God, which is very sad. All right, well, hit us with it quickly. Come out with it quickly, Calvin. All right, the little child, right, the little child bumped his head, okay, fell down the stairs, bumped his head and had to have an MRI, and then had to have, a, you know, like a, a shunt put, taken out of his brain. Now, while my pastor was there with the child, he met a girl who was 16 years old who was inside the hospital who was actually dying in there from brain cancer, who was on life support. She was bawling her eyes out and said, and, and he said that he was a pastor, and she said, come and pray for my child so my child will get healed. And he said, I can't promise you the child will get healed. He said, that's only up to God, you know. But he said, I've got a letter here from a pastor, and the pastor said my child was going to get healed. My child was going to get healed. Look at the child now. And, and then she said that I told him to be able to come and see the child in, in hospital. This is a 16-year-old girl, and he didn't even come because he was on a conference. Now, that is very, very sad. All right, so the the point you're making here is that uh, that some people don't always turn up when there's a real need. Is that what you're saying, Calvin? Well, at pastors, yeah. Now, that, I hope the pastor is actually listening to that because you know, I'm always out there witnessing to people. I know that Jesus is coming soon, yeah, because we look mm. at the way the world's going and that. But when I hear of things like that, it's, it's, it's devastating. Calvin, uh, it's uh, an interesting point you're making and a, a story to tell, and there's perhaps a... Uh, a note there for uh, how attentive we are to people's needs and, uh, and, and you know, the need for actually uh, being available for everyone who's in need at, at every time is uh, is impossible for, for for every pastor to be doing that, except uh, it, we'll take your point there. But uh, any response from you, uh, Tony McLennan, just uh, on Calvin's story? Well, I, I think that there is a sad aspect to that, of course, because human failure um, is, is lamentable. But I think that um, it's very, very important also for Kelvin uh, to to move on from that incident because the Lord himself says um, yeah, through the Apostle Paul in Romans 14.4, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. And uh, God is our only help. But uh, we humans block it with critical attitudes. We block uh, that with... Um, attitudes which really rely on human logic or human reasoning. And the fact is the entrance of God's word gives light. The pastor made a a serious mistake by saying, well, God can, but will God? Uh, But also we can make a serious mistake by being overly critical of those that fail. I think that Calvin's on the right track. He's witnessing for Jesus. But my advice to him would be make sure you're doing so with a pure heart so that you don't condemn someone else's servants. That would be my advice. Calvin from Perth in WA, thanks so much for your call. Uh, plenty more calls to take. Before we move on from Calvin's story, because uh, there was a, a little bit of criticism in there, and as I think you picked up, Tony, uh, a certain uh, heartbeat that may be a little bit out of, out of kilter, uh, this idea of being someone who shares Jesus, 
Sometimes yeah. we get caught up in the way we form our identity around our pastor, and when the pastor lets us down, we somehow rather can blame God, uh, blame the pastor, and then maybe even uh, stop sharing Jesus. But we need to be very careful to keep our identity uh, in Jesus alone so that when people fail us, we're not actually uh, put off the track that we're on. Yeah, and of course, we've got to be thoughtful of the times that we may have failed others too in our human weakness. But, you know, God brings us through those things, and I'm quite confident that, that Calvin and uh, and those who are out there witnessing for Jesus uh, will will break through into another dimension. You know, I used to be very critical of the church because I, being an evangelist, I was out there witnessing on the streets night after night people and saying, what about the rest of them? And God says, not your job to judge uh, my servants. I'll, I'll deal with them. I'll guide them. You just get on with what I've told you to do. And that can give you a lot of peace and, and cause us to be gentle and loving and supportive of others and, and respect their ministries and respect their callings. But I, I recognize that the situation Calvin describes would be a very hard one to bear. And uh, I do feel for him and also for that dear girl that he spoke about. And uh, we just have to commit that to God. Dear, dear Father, I pray right now that you'll heal any hurt in Calvin's life and also... Thank you, Lord, for sending that doctor that healed that little boy uh, that saw a great recovery. And, and help us, dear Lord, to walk uh, with you and to use your word as our guide, not human reasoning, not human limitation. We thank you, Lord, for, 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 for this healing. We thank you, Lord, for shaping our thinking and giving us your wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's continue to take some calls. Let's hear from Ga- Gary in Tambo Upper in Victoria. Hello, Gary. Welcome along. Uh, good morning. Just, or actually, it's good afternoon now here in Victoria. Down in Gippsland. Um, yeah, look, just encourage you to uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's such um, an important thing that we are blessed with, this gift that we need to tell others about because it's the greatest gift in the world. And um, yes. I guess the, the one thing that I've... Um, learned, and, and as I am an evangelist, but that, that we all should be evangelists because you're right. Our commission is to go and preach the gospel, go and tell someone. So if we if we're saved, we know more than the person we're talking to that isn't. Um, and a great thing that happened yesterday was from a chap that I picked up a few times. who was hitchhiking because he doesn't have a car, and I've picked him up a few times and I've shared the gospel with him. And the last time, which was a couple of months ago, I prayed with him and I led him in a, in a simple, you know, prayer to the Lord because of. He'd heard the gospel. I said, look, you can have this now. You don't have to go home and think about it. Would you like to do it now? And tears were pouring down his face as he, as, he, as he said the prayer with me. And then I picked him up yesterday, and he said, my life has changed since I've seen you, because I said, it's not me, it's Jesus. Keep pointing at the Jesus. He said, yeah. I've given up the drugs. I have not taken drugs since I've seen you. I've stopped hanging around those bad people. I've stopped. I'm starting on alcohol now. I haven't finished, but I'm starting. And just this... this 10-minute drive was just beautiful to hear this man talk about the change in his life. And I've started reading this little Bible you gave me. And I said, well, let you keep reading it because it's God, the relationship you'll have with him through that. And you keep doing it. If you want to ring me, I gave him the number. I said, you do it. But you keep going where you're going, mate, because I know God is working in your life. Every single one listening on this radio station was told the gospel by some human being. Now, it's the Holy Spirit through them saying this, but that's how God's chosen to do it. And we are his messengers. And so... It's the living proof of just this 10-minute conversation can change someone's life. Gary, great to hear from you. And uh, interesting thing to bring out here, and I'll get your thoughts uh, too, Tony, but uh, when you, everybody wants to be like Gary and be able to tell that story. Uh, they've led someone to the Lord. Uh, their life is on a new trajectory. There is a transformation happening. 
but it won't happen unless you take that courageous step and and uh, and begin to share the gospel. But when you start to uh, share the gospel, those stories come and they become part of your personality, per, part of the way that you communicate. Uh, this is, and I, I hear you uh, telling these testimonies all the time, uh, Tony. And uh, they come when you share the gospel. The testimonies will be there, and you'll be able to share them in the way that Gary was. Absolutely, and look, I really applaud uh, Gary's um, uh, comment there and uh, I just would probably say just thank God for that young gentleman but also point Gary to the fact that he is Gary's child my little children said the Apostle Paul how have I begotten thee through the gospel and uh, that little child in Christ has come through because of Gary's testimony there may have been other people involved but I would just urge Gary to be following up and adopting that young guy into his spiritual family and nurturing him, seeing that he's in a good church, seeing that he's into the Bible, seeing that he's uh, checking with him weekly, memorizing scripture, things like that. And in the God Revolution series, we go through all of these steps towards the latter part of the video series, which would be very helpful. Another thing that Gary said, Neil, that was quite helpful, we should all be evangelists. Now, I just want to mildly correct that because... Um, uh, there are those who are set in the church, like Gary and like myself, who are evangelists. But there are other people who can be a personal witness, uh, like uh, Trish over in Thailand, uh, like Robin, who is uh, you know, talking about Jesus as she was going along. And all of these things are helping people towards the actual place of decision. And so I believe it's evangelists like Gary, and I'd love Gary to join us on the Australia for Jesus network, australiaforjesus.org.au, Gary. And thank you for your thoughts, because we need to combine forces with other evangelists so that they are equipping and helping people. But I'd also say, uh, let's be gentle with the rest of the saints, because some of them aren't as forthright. Some of them meant to be in the worship team. Some of them meant to be in the prayer team. Some of them meant to be serving at tables. And uh, they're all very important gifts at work. We can all be a witness. And some can actually graduate to become soul winners who are actually presenting the gospel. But not everyone... Uh, necessarily is gifted that way and therefore we must allow people to grow in those steps as they can but I do agree with with Gary that we should be upholding the name of Jesus and wherever possible learn to do a presentation of the gospel learn to tell others about Jesus Thank you so much to Gary from Tambo Upper in Victoria 1-800-316-316 let's take a call Chris is in Victoria hi Chris uh, good day, Neil and Tony. Yeah, I, I just think um, the gospel will prosper when the leaders, you know, the church leaders, whenever they have the opportunity, television, radio, whatever, uh, lay a foundation, a solid foundation of, like, judgment and prophecy. Um, you know, God, God, the reason why we're fighting against the same-sex marriage is there's earthly judgments. God said there'll be earthly judgments. And uh, there's also heavenly judgment. It's appointed unto man to die and then judgment unless we accept Jesus as a saviour. So these are things that they should uh, stress very strongly while we're fighting these things. And also, we live in an age now when prophecy is just being fulfilled time after time. So we have the chance to tell people. And, and God says that the spirit behind prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Uh, we have these two, you know, strong things that we, pillars that we should use and the leader should lay that foundation and make it easier for the rest, you know, the uh, the worker bees to build a house. Okay, Chris, your thoughts, Tony, for Chris? Well, I, I, I agree with Chris that uh, we'd like to see uh, our leaders to do more. And again, I come back to the thought that uh, sometimes we can be critical of our leaders. We don't see the full bit. And our pastors particularly, I've got a great love and respect for pastors 
Our pastors particularly need our support and need our encouragement. You know, like when, as an evangelist, I got uh, motivated by the Lord to bring people to Jesus at a, a church called Life Source in Sydney. And I remember that 12 people that had come through a course I'd been running fronted up for baptism compared to two that were in the church. The pastor was greatly encouraged by that, that, that other people were doing their job. There's a role for the pastor to nurture and look after the flock. But there's a role for the evangelist to bring people to Jesus. But as I said before, it's so important that we actually learn to present the gospel. And that's why we've laid out the way of life presentation as sort of like training wheels, Neil. There are, there are different types of presentation. This is a particularly appealing one. And we're finding the uptake of it's very good. And people can access that by going to australiaforjesus.org.au and downloading the resources. But I really appreciate what our brother was saying there. Thank you so much to Chris from Victoria for your insights. I want to, uh, at this point in our conversation, Tony, perhaps uh, quite valuable to be talking about uh, how you actually link with this vision that you've got, raising up 10,000 soul winners over the next decade, I imagine, and you began to talk about some of the churches that you've got connections with, uh, individuals, churches, small groups, what sort of people are you looking for, open to, want to be a part of uh, what this whole plan is? Because there's a number of phases. You're into phase one, really, and then there's phase two, phase three. We might be able to get to uh, talk about those phases, but for someone listening to our conversation right now, uh, someone like Gary, uh, who would be a part of this sort of team that you're putting together, 10,000 soul winners over the next decade. How do you do that? And what do you expect of people who would put their name down and say, I'll be on the team? Right. Well, it, it, very simply, a person can say, look, I've got a strong desire, like Gary, like Chris, and others that have been on the program, to to tell others about Jesus. And I want to, uh, I've got a vision for our nation a burden for our nation. So they can sign up on um, australiaforjesus.org.au, download our materials and be part of uh, meeting with like-minded people, uh, receiving tools and resources and uh, seeing their own effectiveness and bringing others to Jesus really gain momentum. So that's the first thing they can do. Just go to australiaforjesus.org.au and and sign up or register. Uh, On the subject of churches, churches uh, often engage me to do one or two things, and uh, we're wanting to raise up uh, leaders in each state. Coming back from WA, there are some people who are showing signs that could be really good leaders there. We have some already in Victoria. I'm I'm speaking to you from New South Wales at the moment, Neil. But we're currently engaged with Brighton Baptist Church, Duncraig Christian Fellowship in Perth, uh, Victory Life Centre in Perth, Lighthouse Christian College in Melbourne, Morris Baptist in Melbourne, Lighthouse Christian Church in Melbourne, a New Life Church in Sydney, a New Life uh, Community Church in Sydney, and South West Community Church in Sydney, New Hope in Brisbane. So quite a number of churches I could go on and on, but I'm just saying that uh, and Essendon and Clifton Hill Presbyterian Church, I even spoke at the Scots Church in Melbourne recently, and uh, a tremendous uh, uh, uprising of people going on, Neil, where people are saying, given what's happening politically, given the darkness that's creeping into our nation, there is only really one hope and one word that we can lift up, and that's Jesus. Jesus on the cross, Jesus our Saviour, and, and telling people about Jesus will bring those changed hearts that bring about changed families, changed communities, and changed nations. And that's really uh, how that should be accomplished. So as people sign up, that begins a journey whereby they can be part party with like-minded people 
to uh, and partner with like-minded people, particularly with Vision Christian Radio and Australia for Jesus, uh, and so they can both individually and in groups. Over in Perth, it's just so exciting, Neil, that uh, my web engineer, Jordan, uh, he arranged, uh, and co-founder of Australia for Jesus, he arranged uh, for me to have meetups so that we just say, oh, Tony's at such and such a restaurant or such and such a cafe, and I'd have a meeting with someone and people would be turning up uh, you know, a dozen people turned up on one occasion. They all received instruction about how to bring others to Jesus. And, and we did several of those meetings over in Perth, quite spontaneous, and people came out of the blue. So there are people really rising to the occasion here, Neil, and they want to lift up the name of Jesus. So if you want to be one of those 10,000, Tony, uh, you're going to receive something regularly, uh, encouragement. There are going to be uh, gatherings in cities and towns near where those people are. Uh, how does that all work? I mean, because you're talking about a, a program over a decade, over the next decade. So when you want people to sign up, it's not just, a, oh, we'll do this this weekend and, and then we'll drop it. You want people who actually will be a part of something that will be, you know, something you'll be doing together over the next decade. Oh, exactly. And uh, in all sorts of formats, um, the objective is that, if, if they have a burning desire to help people come to know Jesus, that's the that's the motivation. Uh, then we will be able to uh, train and teach many people to be more effective at bringing people to Jesus. They'll be able to join with like-minded Christians across the country, and they'll be equipped with through tools, resources, and events. Uh, a similar event was that on the 16th of October as we launched the God Revolution uh, on uh, Vision Christian Radio. We had an Australia-wide prayer meeting online using Zoom. And, a whole lot of people turned up. I think about 40 or 50 people turned up and uh, we were praying for lost people and praying for, for this particular program. So people turned up to that. Uh, again, uh, we'll be putting out webinars. We'll be uh, also doing church presentations that people can turn up. Like I was at a, a life group meeting for um, Life City Church in Perth uh, and the life group leader invited me over. Well, a whole lot of people turned up to his life group meeting that he'd never met before who wanted to know how to present the gospel more effectively so uh, we'll be doing those regularly and as we raise up more leaders and people who are capable of taking on uh, some of the materials and resources we're using we'll be able to multiply this quite strongly i would think and you mentioned the partnership with vision so we will be talking about this 10,000 soul winners this god revolution over the times ahead and there'll be an encouragement along the way and so it's a matter of uh, getting on the team and to do that you'd go to uh, the websites we've been talking about one of those is called godrevolution.com.au that's where you can go and access those 15 odd training videos so if you want to uh, test the waters and see what's in this uh, before signing up but uh, but you are looking for people to actually be uh, signing up and registering and being a part of this team tony australia for jesus.org.au uh, people can actually uh, they can uh, uh, get more resources there and find out some more about the uh, the philosophy behind what's happening with this uh, the god revolution uh, point those two uh, websites, godrevolution.com.au and australiaforjesus.org.au. We have run out of time. Tony McLennan, uh, great to get your insights once again. Uh, great to get an update. And no doubt we'll be talking before too long as well. But uh, thanks for a heart-to-heart, -heart, authentic conversation about evangelism. I think people appreciate that sort of heart-to-heart uh, -heart authenticity. And so thank you so much for being with us today on 2020. Well, thank you, Neil. It's just absolutely wonderful to be partnering with Vision Christian Radio, Vision Christian Media. Their support has been absolutely amazing, and uh, we're very, very grateful for it.
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.